Welcome to the Empower Genetic Podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we're going to talk with Mo and Tana Ottinger about how to advocate for uh, your kids with your family and friends. Uh, this is something that if you are walking this connected parenting journey, you know um, can prove to be pretty difficult. Um, at times, you're beginning to transition in how you respond to your kids, how you interact with them. Um, all those different things are coming into play. You've got friends around you or you got family around and they're noticing the differences and how do you make sure that you're still maintaining a safe place for your kids um, and advocating for them in a way that's going to preserve uh, and build the relationships there. How do you know when to cut ties with certain friends or build new friendships with others? Uh, we'll talk about all that today and uh, just a, a really um, practical and I think a uh, needed conversation that we have not had here before um, on the podcast, at least. And so uh, we've had variations of it. We've touched on different elements of this, but not, not in the way that we're going to today. So excited to hear um, Mo and Tana here in just a few minutes. Um, also, just another uh, announcement I want to share with you guys. Uh, we have an exciting update uh, thanks to a grant from the Cigna Foundation. We are currently testing a brand new parent coaching program called Equip Parent Coaching. Um, so listen, the deal with this is we're testing this program with a very small number of parents. And so we have 15 spots left for our beta test group. Um, if, if you're familiar with research and with all of these things, the beta group is going to provide some survey data to our research team. And that'll help us to evaluate the program effectiveness as we finalize the program. Um, Equip is a 10-week program. It takes parents through ETC's nine connecting practices with a coach who can apply these principles directly to your family. Um, it's an hour and a half a week meeting online with the coach. Um, the cost of the program is $600, but for our podcast listeners, we've got a 25% discount, bringing your total to $450 for 10 weeks of one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, obviously, that is not a small investment, but um, less than many of us pay for gym memberships, personal training, life coaching, therapy. Um, it's it's a great investment into your family's well-being, and it comes out to be uh, about $45 bucks an hour Um or an hour and a half session with your coach. And so if you are interested in signing up for this beta test group, again, there's only 15 spots available. And so we wanna make sure um, to communicate that ahead of time. Um, if there is too much of a demand for that, what we will do is know that um, once that beta test is over, we will circle back to um, open up the public signup groups um, when they are ready. So if you wanna be one of those 15 people, how do you sign up? Email equip at empoweredtoconnect.org to let us know that you're interested and mention the podcast, let's mention the ETC podcast for 25% off of the coach, uh, equip parent coaching costs. So uh, make sure you, again, your email today. There are only 15 spots available. I hope I've said that enough times so you know there are 15 spots available. So if you're interested in being that number, jump in, um, equip at empoweredtoconnect.org. Let us know that you heard about on the podcast. Lastly, something that I cannot say publicly, uh, but that uh, you should go to our website to find out. Find the link in our show notes for um, an event that we are happening that we are having uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. That let me just say you don't want to miss. You shouldn't miss uh, for any circumstances. So I, I can't announce it publicly for reasons that will be clear uh, down the road. But um, if you love us. And if you are interested in um, an event that we would talk about in this way, uh, where it is kind of a 
top secret event that we are letting you know about, um, though we can't share the specifics publicly on the podcast, head to our website. Um, you can head to the link that is in our bio. You'll know what I mean when you see it um, and check out information on this event that's coming up November 12th in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it is a limited space event as well, uh, but one that we are confident is going to be um, an absolute game-changing night. Um, it will be uh, a night of entertainment. It'll be a night that is uh, well worth your investment in every possible way. Uh, so without giving anything else away and getting myself in trouble, I will say, go to that link, check it out. And we hope to see you November 12th in Memphis, Tennessee. That's all for our introduction. Now we finally get to the conversation with Mo and Todd Ottinger about how to advocate for your kids with your friends and family. Well, as we said in the opening, it's Mo and Tana Ottinger and myself, and we're going to talk about uh, something along the same lines of this advocacy piece that we've talked about with our kids in school, but this time more in the context of friends and uh, and family. And so I know you know you guys have been on with us and Jesse to talk about preparing your family for your family and yeah. that kind of idea. Um, we have not yet really waded into this idea of like how do we do this with our Friends, especially if you are new to this parenting journey and you've had established friendships that now all of a sudden you might have to do things in a different way. Um, and my last disclaimer that I'll give is I am, there is a cold burning through our house. My voice is going to sound a little bit different, whatever today. Just forgive the, you know, if I have to call for something, we'll edit it out. So there's that. <laughs> um, so guys, why don't we, why don't we start with this? I think, Tana, do you want to kind of frame this conversation for, people like if they're they're just jumping into this connected parenting world and they're like yeah I mean kids that get back to adults like kids should be seen and not heard like that that whole philosophy how do we need to reframe this conversation for the way that we would view parenting that's a big question JD um it's funny because the first thing I wanted to say was like if you're struggling to advocate for your kids with friends just get some new friends but like I know it's easier said than done but I was thinking about that because Mo and I haven't first of all we haven't been on the podcast together in a while and JD I haven't been on with you in a while so yeah. when it was yeah. when it came time to like advocate you know for your kids with family and friends I started thinking like well we became friends like there is a sense of yeah. figuring out kind of who your people are which you can't always do that with family so I, I do think that these conversations are there's a couple different ways to think about how do we advocate with our family and what does that look like? And then how do we advocate with our friends? Because we do have some ability to choose in some settings who we spend time with. We're going to be in settings and in peer groups with different kinds of people outside of our control all the time. Um, but I... I think the most important thing, and I think this will run through from the beginning of end, no matter where this particular conversation takes us, is we always want to be thinking about, like, our children are the priority. And as parents, our first and most important priority is to make sure that they are in spaces and places that are not just physically safe, but are emotionally safe for them. Yeah. And how we show up in those places and spaces, we need to be emotionally safe for them. So advocating whatever that might look like in whatever setting 
the ultimate goal of that still to me is the relationship between me and my kiddo. Yeah. So how we navigate the, the spaces, that's the center. That's the center hallmark. And you kind of said like adults come first, kids come to the back seat. Like that was a massive shift mm-hmm. that Mo and I had to make. And it probably was over time. And I don't think we even knew we were doing it, but we really have shifted the way, like starting to see our children as humans that deserve respect and advocacy and honor and like flipping that script a little bit. Well, and yeah, just over time you begin to realize who in your sphere is safe and who's not safe. (laughs) And so, you know, that, that's, um, that, that's hard too, because not hard in the sense of, man, if you're not going to be good for my kid, then move on. And so that, that, but that is a relational break or distance or, which is, which is hard, but ultimately knowing what's best for my kid was not hard. But, but when you begin to think through who is emotionally safe for my child, um, I mean, that is something that it's like, that is a daily, that is a, that, that is something I do every day. Yeah. Whether we're walking into a school, whether we're walking into a faith community, whether we're walking into a birthday party, like it is what adults, what people around me can um, be a safe person for my child, not just physically, but emotionally. And, um, and then, and, and that's led to some hard decisions too, of like, well, you know, there was a season we were really close with this, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe not so much anymore. So, you know, it, th- those are some of the realities of, of navigating, but it is something I'm always doing for my kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, that ton of what you say, can we get new friends or, um, refine old friendships? And that's, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but, um, that idea is really important because we do, there's a, there's a tendency in some of us and I'm this way to want to just be like, oh, we just don't have to hang out anymore. Like we, right. I, I can be friends with you or I can see you on the side then I can make up excuses for us to not hang out other times. But, um, but then I'm 52 is- now I'm, I'm too, I'm 52. Judy. I'm too tired for <laughs> I just well, moved. Yeah. Like, so I was like, I ain't got no time for no time. No time or energy. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That might be the age of me coming out that I'm kind of like, oh. oh, oh. But we, we didn't start that. We did not start our parenting journey there, hon. We were young and we had so many peers. So, okay, JD. Yeah. Well, I think the the thing that if I, if I think, you know, if I pause and I think from like a big picture standpoint, we, if we have friends, people that we consider friends, we do kind of owe it to them to share what totally. us totally. has become a very important part of our yeah. parenting and the reasoning behind it and all that. And so yeah. I think for a lot of different facets of life, this happens seamlessly. And this process of like kind of the weeding out of friends happens seamlessly. Like you, you know, make new life decisions or change uh, schools or you change uh, churches or you change jobs or change whatever and your your regular patterns change a little bit and some stick some friendships stick and, and endure and keep rolling and some do not and we have I said we have 
lots of friends that um, don't see eye to eye with us on parenting, but deeply respect the the way that we're committed to the parenting. So I think that would bring up my my first thought with this is that um, when you're trying to parent in a way that is that is you know attachment focused and um, you know connected relationship with your kids, there are going to be moments. And I brought up uh, children are to be seen and not heard because there's just that there's that moment you are talking to other adult and a kid comes up and interrupts you and is interrupting okay well no, i mean no in an ideal world we would like to teach them to like how to approach us and how to engage in that conversation but it's going to happen or a meltdown might happen while you're talking to somebody else and the cultural norm or at least it used to be and maybe it's shifting but the cultural norm used to be like i am talking to an adult do you see me please stop like and be like i'm so sorry he's so rude right now and falling apart in front of you and that was 100% the way that, uh, it, and now I'm depending on my parents, like it's like it was their, you know, intention to do that. But that was just sort of the way that that things were happening. And, you know, when I was growing up and it was the way that I defaulted to parenting starting out. And I noticed myself where, where I would have my wife who was going to be with us, but she's not feeling well today either. Um, she would point out for me hey, it looks like you're embarrassed of your kids and you're embarrassed of your kids having needs and we need to not be that way. And so I think we gotta be really careful with new friendships when we and, and existing ones, when we are starting to parent to make sure we are not showing embarrassment of our kids, especially to our kids, but then to our friends as well. Like And, and to kind of almost model like a, a new norm of, hey, this is how we engage now and and to say, hey, excuse me for just a second and go take care of your kids' needs, figure out what they need. It might be that you're leaving. Like, you know, we left a function the other night earlier than we had planned. And I'm old enough now that I didn't feel the need to go back in and give all the formal goodbyes. Like, I was just kind of like, yeah, we're out of here. You know, this is hard up. So I think doing that without embarrassment and then being able to come back and if there's an explanation needed to this friend, to, to do that in a manner that is, again, not embarrassed of the kid, not over dramatic or not oh gosh guys i'm sorry listen this normally they're not like that but this none of that just like hey sorry about that y'all it's just this is an overwhelming environment and need to make sure that they felt taken care of or whatever and the model like this is how we engage with our kids now and hopefully that that establishes new norms that when they're consistent your friends just adjust to or you get new friends i i like that jd because what i feel like i hear you say is that advocacy in the moment i mean mo and i were we were being a bit snarky because I I do think what's probably happened to us over time is as we started making some of those shifts, friendships did wane because they just weren't down for that. But but I think the important thing is what you just said, which is the very in the moment. So there's this like in the moment advocacy. You're with family. You're with friends. Something's happening. How are you going to support your child and advocate for their needs in the moment? in the presence of family and friends. Like that is a, that's a very, very real thing that all of us have experienced at one time or another, if you've been parenting more than five minutes. And I think the heart of the matter is you just, you said that you were setting new norms, especially if you're shifting your parenting, you're setting a new way of interacting, a new way of being unapologetically. So you're saying, Hey, between me and my kid, their needs, they, their needs matter more than this five-minute chit-chat we're having about football or whatever it is we're, we're, you know, shooting the breeze about. The kiddo needs me, and I'm responsive. Yeah. And 
you're not everybody is going to be down for that. And like, that's okay, right? Yeah, and I feel the need to say, that's not easy to do. No. That's not a natural reaction to have either. To that's be, right. you know, a kid melts out in front of you and maybe in front of people you don't know yet. And you're like, you know. Hold on. Excuse oh, me, please. Sorry about this. One moment. Let me go. That's right. That's right. Like, yeah. Side, you're just like uh, the Dwight from the office where he screams in the camera. He's like, ah. I feel like that's how I feel inside. Sometimes those moments. But I, I think now I've gotten in long enough down the road to know either I act like an idiot and then I make it right and kind of go back to repair with my kid or I'm able to separate out, go take care of that need, help them feel more connected. And then we're both back in a better place because I'm, I'm proud of how I handled it and they feel safe again. They've, they've got what they need to keep on rolling. And then you go back to that conversation about usually something that is very unconsequential in life. Right. And what I think is true is in those moments, those real life moments, you are going to start seeing who is safe for you. Yeah. Those friendships will show themselves to be safe places for you to land in parenting this way, or yeah. you're going to realize like they're not down for that. And then yeah. you get to decide a boundary or you get to decide how to navigate through your social spheres. Um, and you're looking for the person, right? That's welcomes you back unequivocally and asks if they're doing okay and if you need or they need anything. Like, that's the ideal, well, right? And and I'll just jump in here again. Like, those are the sweetness. Those are the relationships that are the sweetest for us that have been around. And I'll just say, as, you know, there have been those that have not been down for that. And I'm, you know, and that's, that is like, I, I won't even say what I say privately in the, in those regards. For yeah. someone to say, eh, I'm not really down for that and what's going on with your kid. I'm like, you know, that one, that one, I'm a, you know, Tana's, yeah, Tana knows how yeah. I feel there. It's just like, you know, but the sweetness of relationships for those that have said, man, I'm in this with you, with your kiddos, and I want to know your kid. And, I'm, and they're not, they're not vocalizing this, but. I, for the people that have like, I want to be emotionally safe for my kid. I see your kid and I, and, and we love you and care enough about you guys and your kids. Like this is what real life and real friendship is about. And, um, having those that can carry that for you, carry that with you and you do vice versa with them. Like the reality is that's what all of us want. We want, we want emotionally safe friends for ourselves and for um, our kiddos. And so, um, you know, and then what that means is at times educating and sharing and kind of just being honest and vulnerable and and um, kind of bringing friends along. But that's the case with with you know, they're having to do that with us too, you know, like as, as we get to know friends and families and their rhythms and how they do things and all of that, like that is, that is the beauty and the messy and the, all the things of friendship and life. And so, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I think that's what we all long for. Mm -hmm. When we're thinking about sort of that, that advocacy piece, both with family and friends. 
I, I think one of the three lines I'm hearing from us is, you know, is the person safe? And, and I think to me, that's more important than are they fully educated? Do they understand? Are they, even do they have the skills to help in this moment? Maybe not. So, you know, I'm thinking about just some of our family and some family, you know, some of our friends' families that maybe didn't totally understand what was going on, but they took a posture of curiosity and concern and love and teachability. So they were, their motivations were open. They were open to learning. They maybe just didn't have the skills yet to like come in and help. That is one, that's something entirely different because we do, we need community. And sometimes, unfortunately, it, there was the responsibility to what you said is to like educate and help them understand or, or co-labor in some skill building together, figure some strategies out. Like those things take energy. We don't typically do that in front of the children. So that's what I was making that difference, that differentiation late earlier. Like there's a way to advocate for your kids when your children are in the room. And then there are places and spaces with family and friends that want to be in it with you, that maybe there is a need to educate or explain some things or not overly share, but, hey, this is why this is happening. This is typically what's going on. This is why I did what I did. Like, I, I do remember one time, it was many, many years ago, and we, it was one of, it was somebody in our family, and maybe we had been on vacation with them or something. I don't remember the exact details. But I sent a reflection text that was very long. And I think I just did a little bit of peeking behind the covers, like helping them see what was going on beneath the surface and what was happening with some of the kids on that trip, what all was going on with them, what all was going on with us, and why we did what we did. And I remember their text back was, thank you so much for taking time to send this. That is so helpful. Knowing that really helps me understand. Yeah. And if I remember, Mo, I don't think we felt great during the moments. <laughs> but I was making some assumptions that they love us <laughs> and they love our kids. So if I can help them along because they seem to be willing, then what we want, all of us want people on our kids' team. Like, we all want people who love our children. The more of those adults in the world, the better, right? So we don't need to take a, like, all you're out of here approach to every grown-up that doesn't get it. Or like we're alone on an island. So having a little bit of energy to bring those loving, curious, kind people along the journey is how you build your, your kids' team, if you will. So... Unfortunately, I do think some of that responsibility falls on us. But I'm going to say one more thing. Like, I don't think, Mo, we would have, let's just really be vulnerable. We have an unbelievably supportive group of humans in Memphis, Tennessee around our family. Yes. That was not always the case. And out of our own loneliness and need, we started building into people. And I believe those people built right back into us and built into others. Like, I, I believe that there was a spark that like caught fire. And if we hadn't done that, if we would have just been like, nobody gets us, totally. put ourselves on an island, like put no energy into those relationships. 
I just don't think we would have what we even have right now. So there's some really beautiful about you in trying to dig deep enough to let others in. And it's yeah. scary. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> that's what she got. I was like, yep, that's right. <laughs> well, that's right. I'm just like, uh, as I was listening to you, I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's almost what you pour in and what you what you pour into others, they pour back into you. Like there is that um that belief. But I was thinking the whole time, I was like, good grief, five minutes ago, I was like, man, I'm too tired. I, I, I want to cut it. We are tired. <laughs> it's okay to be it's gotta be honest. It is exhausting. So, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, just, just love my kids. Just love my kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a second. I think that, you know, we, we talked off air about boundaries, like setting boundaries being one of the big um, pieces to this. Sometimes there are boundaries your family needs. Sometimes there are boundaries you need. Sometimes you've got to set a boundary where your kids don't realize it because there might be somebody who's not safe around. And we can talk about that more in a second, but I think about specifically with family dynamics, there's less choice of who's around. You kind of have who you have um, at holidays and whatever else. And so um, why don't, I don't know if you guys have thoughts of how you approached holidays or family get togethers where you knew, oh man, everybody's got the one uncle or one aunt. You're like, I just need them to, maybe they'll get second.com and whatever. Um, not in our family, of course, if you're an aunt or uncle listening to this right now. We totally really, never, no. All of it's not for either family. one of our families. Right, right, right. Other uh, people's families. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say that the, everybody kind of has those people around them. They're like, ah, we got to just, you know, help make sure there's a good boundary there. How did you guys think about that when you were beginning to walk this journey? You want to go, Mo? What's on your mind? Um, I mean, I, I don't want to say, I, I'll say this. I, I feel like our, our, there were some missteps early. There was, um, and the, and the missteps were more in, we were trying to figure out ourselves. We were trying to figure out, uh, parenting style, our kids, um, there's that pressure from not, not spoken pressure, but, you know, your parents, your older siblings or whatever have, you know, they've been there, done that. They know how to raise the kids and you're just, you know, you've got these little ones and you're trying to, there's just a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure that, that, um, that quote, your kids are going to perform, uh, appropriately in front of the family, right? And holidays are just heightened because there's a lot and all the things, uh, heightened emotions during those times. And so, you know, I think there were, I mean, I can look back on some hard conversations and some things that we had to have along the way. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for family that was willing to say, you know, to be, uh, teachable or to be open to, you know, I mean, I still remember my mom one time saying, man, I wish you would have told me that earlier. Like, you know, like brought me up to speed earlier. And so. Um, because her heart was that she could have been more supportive. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. So, um, you know, so in that, in that regard, 
family has been uh, immediate family, or meaning just grandparents and aunts, uncles have been uh, supportive and and open. But you know, at the same time, realizing that they have their own story, realizing that we don't live in the same city. And so the times we're with them is not, you know, it's not a daily thing or weekly thing. I mean, it's, it's a couple of times a year. So even, you know, just helping those two to three times a year, you know, it's, it's setting expectations. It's thinking through like when we lived away, since we live away from family, it was always like, oh, it's, it's summer or it's Christmas. We've got to go for a whole week. And we're going to be gone seven days and realizing, I mean, I can tell you, we have our magic number and it's, it's three, maybe four. Yeah. Not right. Like, like Day, yeah, days, you mean to be days, gone? Yeah. Days. Yeah. days. And that's, that's part of what our kiddos, you know, how they just, they're at their best. And so let's have a sweet, if the sweetness can be with family for three days, then let's not push it to four or six or whatever we're going to do. So I think it's just learning our family. It's learning how to set our kids up for success. Um, there's a lot of expectations when you roll in out of town. And and for us, we just needed to think through sleeping, traveling. Um, you know, we we didn't pile everybody in one car and have you know, a long drive and everybody was already at wit's end by the time they got there. It was like, we, we did our best to set up, you know, we have two calm cars going and that was an extra expense, but it was worth it to us. And to think through sleeping arrangements and what's going to be best for us. And, you know, all, all, all the things, our goal as parents were to do our part on setting the environment to be successful Along the way, not all at one time, we didn't come in and say, all right, we're going to do a two-day seminar on, so y'all can understand ETC and TBRI, and let's talk about the brain, and let's talk about co-regulation, and we didn't do that. It's been gradually uh, with the education piece, and then, you know, also just as our kids have gotten older, just... um talking with them about, Hey, you know, we do things a little differently in our house than there, but we can, we can flex and we can, you know, our kids need to flex a muscle and learn some things too. So all that just learning and, and doing our best. And some days we, man, we do it good. And some days we just fall in bed and crash because we did what i yeah what i hear you say what i think is insightful is you you're basically saying you're advocating for them both their emotional and relational needs so you're trying we're our goal is to set those relationships up for success so we want our children to have a close relationship to the best of everybody's ability and that's important not to the best of everybody's ability maybe not what we expected but everybody's doing the best they can so we're going to advocate for the relationship but we can't forget that advocating includes like an environmental piece, Mo. Like you you said it, and I think it's worth just making sure we put like a pin in it and understand that advocacy includes setting them up for success in their environment, in the circumstances, and situation. So 
what we're doing is advocating for that relationship and interaction with family by being very thoughtful about the whole child's experience along that long trip or journey. So, and maybe even modeling to family that those things have to be in place for our children to be able to show up well at the Thanksgiving table or what, whatever it might be. So feeling, you, you said like we messed up a lot at the beginning. And I think it's because we were feeling insecure and we didn't feel strong enough. And, and to your point, JD, I love where you said like, don't over apologize, like just support the child. We, we hadn't figured that out yet. And, and I think it takes every parent a little while to figure that out. Right. I don't think any of us start our parenting feeling super <laughs> secure and strong. I don't think we know our path forward. I think that we're, we're, we're figuring out who we are as parents and what our family is. And so in those early stages, it's okay to like fumble your way through. Yeah. Just grow in your ability to advocate for their best and figure out why in the world is that hard for you? Why is it hard? Why is it embarrassing? Why, but maybe why do we need our parents to think we're good parents? Or why, why? Like what's happening in us? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is, I think that is an important disclaimer in this is that nobody starts off like listening to this and being like, oh, just don't be embarrassed or don't over apologize. Got it. And like, and then that's just never a struggle. I mean, it's like, we're, we're human and we, I think we want obviously to be good parents and we want to be thought of as good parents. And sometimes those, the levels of those kind of can be in unhealthy places. Like sometimes we put in a, a, a way too high of a premium on, I've got to be a good parent. And it turns into a performance-based thing, uh, a performance-based type of connected parenting, which is funny, but it's a whole, that's a real thing. A hundred percent. And then there's other times where we put too much of a notice on what people think about us. And I think all of us have separately shared stories of like somebody losing it in target and it either causing us to lose it also, or, you know, most we are proud of, of that, you know, response, but it always involves somebody looking at you sideways or you can just feel eyes burning through the back of your head. And so there's a thick skin that develops over time with remembering that like, and we got to get our kids what they need. And when we do, there's growth there, there's connection, there's trust, there's relationship. And eventually where those things exist, uh, there, there tend to be less of the moments that cause the blowups and target. Um, and they're not eradicated. Sorry, don't, don't lose hope, but, <laughs> but there's less of them and there's more safety for you guys. When, when there's an express need, you recognize it quicker and, contend to it. So, um, yeah, it is not an instant, um, don't get embarrassed, don't feel shame card. That, that is, that is That's not what's happening it, in the reality of that. Again, especially with family. I mean, I think it's still there with friends, but especially with family, figure out what's, what's boiling up in me and like, what, what level of comfort do I need to find in my own skin And like, I can say my own skin needed to feel comfortable being misunderstood. Like I needed to, to figure out how to be at home being misunderstood because if I'm misunderstood, I can be present with my kid because I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks about what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. 
And if my need to be respected or understood or whatever trumped me, then I wasn't present. And I love that's why you started this whole thing and you gave us an example of being in the moment with the kid because that's actually where it happens. You advocate in the moment and then you sort of advocate outside the moment. But even in doing that, you're trying to prepare for the next interaction to be one where you can be present and people can grow in their love and care for your children. Like we want the people in our life to cherish our kids. We want our kids to be cherished and celebrated and seen and valued and respected as human beings. And if we are always apologizing for their behavior, that's going to do the opposite of that, actually. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think it's interesting you say that, Tom, because, you know, we were at school today for our kids and we were with some other parents and we were, you said it, you were emotional today because you were so happy for the other kids and what yeah. was, you know, and that's what one we of them said, Tommy, you're up in your fields. I'm like, I am. I'm proud of our babies. Like, and, and she responded, them. we love our babies. Like we love our, you yeah. know, we love yeah. that's, that's, that's exactly what we want. But, you know, going back to our, like, I look at where we are now having adult, young adult kids. And obviously we have some littles too, but like, I go back to those lonely years. I mean, um, when you talk about being misunderstood, and I mean, I still remember being at the park. I mean, I, I remember vividly being at the park with multiple families and how we handled situation and just, mm-hmm. you could hear comments from other families like, ooh, we wouldn't do that. And that's not how we're going to handle it. And I mean, I just also want to just encourage families, you know, parents of, some of y'all are in places right now that are deeply lonely, that yep. we're trying to make decisions yep. that's the best thing for your child, and that's really hard. And I, I don't, I, I don't want to fly over that. I don't want it to be a one-liner. Like, yeah, it was lonely. It, it was absolutely and not lonely for like a week. It was lonely for like years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was lonely, and so. I can't, you know, I, 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 I think it's, it's what's driven us into the work we do and, and why we, we just letting folks to have resources and, and all the things available to them and community and all of that, because man, um, it can be, it can be lonely and it can be hard and, and you're going to be misunderstood, um, but I look back now and I think about that, the story I'm thinking about in that park and how you were so deeply misunderstood and judged. And then I fast forward now some 18, 19, 20 years, and I look at your relationship tearing up mm. with our children. And it was, and that relationship was forged in a park over and over again, as there were those around us that oftentimes stood in judgment of the decisions we were making. And so I just, I just want to encourage those that are, that are being misunderstood, that are making the decisions that are, that are hard. And, um, I just, I just want to say, 
10 years from now, 20 years from now, um, there's going to be some sweet loves that are, that are with you. And mm-hmm. because right now you're making the, you're making the decision to stand with them and be, be a, yeah, being their advocate. And so advocate on, and you know, know, Mo, I, I appreciate you sharing the tenderness of that. When you were sharing that story, when you first brought it up, it's interesting you worked your way there because I thought, do we even talk to any of those people anymore? How long has it been since I've seen some of them? Right. And I'm immediately back in that park. I know exactly the situation you're talking about. We had many, but I know where your emotions coming in. And I don't think we're those people are around anymore, but you know who is still around? The kiddo that needed mom and dad in that minute. Mm. Like they, they're still up in here and I don't know where those people are. Yeah. But thinking about the friendship side, it, it was probably about a year ago, one of our older kids sort of did a like, hey, mom, where did so-and-so go? And it was a family that had been around our circle a good bit when they were younger. And they're like, where where did they go? Like, why, what happened there? Why aren't you still in a relationship? And I was able to say, hon, I think dad and I just knew in our heart of hearts, they couldn't go with us where our family was headed. And we started putting up some boundaries and we put those boundaries up to protect you. And it was the child that we really did that for. Mm-hmm. And they're a young adult and they got teary and emotional and like gave us the biggest hug and just said, thanks for protecting me. Golly. And I'm like, that's it, y'all. Like they asked, where's so-and-so been all these years? And I'm like, all these years ago, our intuition was they're not going to be able to do this with us. And it's better now to put up a little boundary. Um, and and we we just need to be able to be present. So like, if there's room to grow, please help the people along. If your intuition says they're not teachable, they're yeah. not like there's 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 no movement here. I mean, there is a proverb that says don't throw your pearls before swine. And like don't don't throw your pearls before swine, especially when they're your children. Like no, 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 no. Like full stop no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, my my last note on that would just be um, this doesn't mean that you have to now relegate yourself to only hang out with ETC trained TBR practitioners who are in the moment with their kids all the time and you're all fighting the good fight together. Like some of of our closest friends are, are not in the same page parenting or are just they're just walking a different path than we are and they make space for us, make space for them. Like That's we right, talk about it when we can, you know, or when it's brought up, but, um, it, the, the same as, yeah, any name, any different situation where you might have a, a slightly different path in life. Like, you know, yep. their kids to private school, we send ours to public school. Well, okay. And we can still be friends. Right. So I right. think more about the demeanor of the relationship and whether or not it's able to, to have some grace and some, um, the mutual respect. I think it's about respect. I there, like some yeah. there, where both of you can be there for each other. You know, that's I think that's that's as important as anything that we've said today in, in identifying like this can be a relationship that can grow in this way, or we got to put up some boundaries. And um, so, yeah, that I think that'd be my advice is don't don't think this means that you now have to like, mm-hmm. you know, 
go figure out where the practitioners are in your city. And yep. that's, that's now your only friends. Um, yep. So. Although if nobody around is respectful and safe, it's okay to also be lonely yes. and cultivate new places and spaces. But I think it's both and. I just don't think it's either or. I think it would be really nice if it was linear and black and white and gray. And, and it's not. It's messy and both anding. Um, some can grow. Some can stay neutral. And some may have to have a boundary um, in both relationships. I mean, friendships and family. So, yeah. For sure. Uh, well, Glass, thank y'all. This is great. Yeah. Well, thanks again uh, to Mo and Tana for coming on. Thanks to you guys for putting up my raspy voice today. Um, we'll be back next week with more uh, exciting new content. Just a last reminder on both of the announcements we made before the show for both the Equip Parent Coaching and for our event that's coming up November 12th. Um, I cannot announce the details of the event publicly, so I do need you to click that link if you're interested. Don't necessarily reach out to me individually. Um, you can click the link that is in our bio or uh, link this in the show notes. It will explain everything about the event that's coming up that you don't want to miss. I'll just keep saying that until uh, the event comes. November 12th, click the link. And if you are interested in being a part of um, our last round of beta testing for the Equip Parent Coaching Courses email, equip at empoweredtoconnect.org to express your interest, mention the podcast and get 25% off the cost of the course. It's 10 weeks. It's awesome. It's only 15 spots left. Please be in that 15 and please click the link and come see us in November in Memphis. All right. That's all for me today for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers this rambling audio for Tad Jewett, who's the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect and everybody here at ETC. I'm JD Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.